This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, folks, guess what? It's We'll See You in Hell, your favorite podcast that commentates, discusses, and reviews horror, sci-fi, and fantasy films. This is Joe DeRosa coming to you live from the thick, uncut dick house. And that's Patty Walsh. And it's time to get on with the show. And what else, Pat? Well, I just want to be clear that while I do have a dick and it is thick, it, it is very much cut. I don't want to let anybody down if my nudes get out there. And that, and by that you mean ripped. My, my, my dick very, is like ripped. Like it's a, a very muscular dick. It's look, got a six pack. There's veins in it. <laughs> um, but I, I am cut. Let's just be real. You, Joe? Yeah, I'm snipped. Snipped? Not in a vasectomy way, in a, in a, in a Jewish way. In a uh, Lorena Bobbitt way. hi Is that a timely joke, folks? I bet a lot of people listening to the show don't even know who Lorena Bobbitt is. Who was in more jokes from 1992 to 1999? Michael Jackson is right. the only one that could give Lorena Bobbitt a run for her money. You're it was right. Lorena Bobbitt. It was, it was Michael Jackson. It was Monica Lewinsky. Sure. That dress. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm sitting here uh, sipping a nice little uh, uh, whiskey. Pat also has a little whiskey. No, we're not drunk. Get off our backs. We work hard for this. Maybe you're fucking drunk. Yeah. You ever think of that? Yeah. Maybe you start throwing throwing out the fucking accusations. You know what? Maybe I wouldn't drink so much if I didn't have to listen to your goddamn (laughs) nagging every day. Yeah. Uh, Joe, how great is it being off Twitter? Do you ever miss it? Not in, not even a little bit. Right as I was about to follow you off, I realized I got to promote my fucking program, and I can't get off. But well, I, I, I want to be off. I still promote. I just promote through Instagram and then send it over to Twitter from Instagram. Yeah, but who? How many people are really clicking on Instagram on Twitter? I've never done it once in my life. But it goes out as a tweet. Or get a second. If somebody's tweeting and I see it's like an Instagram link. There's then get a second not in a million years. Then get a second party app that lets you promote, and then you can tweet without going onto your actual Twitter. I'm gonna go ahead and promise you, I'm not getting a second party app. Why? In order to get onto Twitter, Um, I'm just jealous. I wish I was off of it. It's 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 a it's a shit show filled with in our lives. I I am I am way more off of it than I used to be. I, I do an occasional check in. I'm horrified and I get off. But um, it's a good way to kind of get get news, you know, and I'm not talking about that. It's a terrible way to get fake news. news, folks. It's a terrible way to get news. It's a good way to get one sided alarmist news. Yeah, that's from true. either side of the argument. That's true. It's terrible. It's it's well, it's a horrid. Shit's horrid. alarming. I mean, let's let's be real. Shit's alarming. Well, but I'm saying like everything delivered to you, whether it's pro-Trump, whether it's anti-Trump, whether it's pro-Hillary, whether it's anti-Hillary, whether it's the state of the economy, whether it's the state of 
uh, investment banking, whether it's the media, whether it, everything is is turned to an eleven, and it's just it's just not a good way to get news. It doesn't make you feel good. It's people screaming at one another, and it's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's a sick, sick fucking world. That's why Joe goes to Breitbart.com. <laughs> Breitbart.com for fair and balanced reporting. Uh, in all fairness, in my defense, I stopped reading Breitbart when Steve Bannon left. <laughs> he was sort of your Walter Cronkite. <laughs> Steve Bannon. Uh, I, I always called him more of a Katie Couric, but yeah. I, I admire Steve Bannon for... You know, pushing past what we initially thought of him, which is, let's be honest, this guy got here because of his looks. Um, <laughs> and he he revealed himself to be deeper and more knowledgeable at every turn and not just the sort of sex pot we initially thought he was. Right, right. And people said, this man is defending a potential racist. And he said, no, I'm leaving to go defend a potential pedophile. Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, Hey, folks, you know, as they say in True Detective Season 2, we get the world we deserve. (laughs) As I said whilst watching True Detective Season 2, when is this over? Folks. Folks. Is it time we get on with something, Pat? Yeah, I guess let's go ahead and get on with the show. And at the same time, on... With the Joe. Now, <sighs> Pat, you failed miserably at your promise to do 90s hit songs. You don't give me any build-up time. It's like, do it, and then I do it like a fucking trained monkey. Here's so what tonight I, I did done. it like a, a tugboat, and I think people probably enjoyed it. Here's what I would have done. Ready? Give, give me. Let me do it one time. Please do. Get on with the sh- something. Get on with the show. And in fact, we should also get on with the Joe, 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 Joe. I am still dreaming of your <laughs> tits. What's that song? <laughs> it's ever clear. It's every ever clear song. Gown, gown. Gaga gown 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 gown. There are nine songs that have that riff. He was the one. There was that song. There was the one where he's like, "Me and my black girlfriend." Yeah, that was a weird one. Uh, there Santa was, Monica is a great song. I love Santa Monica. Um, a great and a terrible city. I once said to a buddy of mine, I held up the Everclear greatest hits, and I said, "Why don't they just call this gown gown chicka gown 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 gown?" <laughs> It's all they got. And I often, I often, <laughs> Santa Monica for me often bleeds into backwater by the toadies. Those two songs. Now, Joe, you could make I'm a so mega glad mix. you brought this up again because you brought it up in the last podcast and I just let you go. I didn't want to interrupt. In the last pot, in the last, the last time we discussed 90s music. Oh, okay. But I knew you were wrong and I just let it go because we, we were already getting tense. But many people pointed out on Facebook and I present it to you now. Backwater is a song by the Meat Puppets. With backwater certain there oh, is well, something the that'll song? never. Oh yeah, you're right. Cody's song is "I come from the water, gown gown. I come from the yeah. water. I come from the water." It's called "I come from the water." The song is called "I come from the water." That's the name of the song. It is. That's a great song, and it's the follow up to Possum Kingdom, which is no. Is song I'm talking vampire. about the Possum Kingdom song. That is gown gown. That's similar riff. <laughs> That's the one I'm talking make about. Make up your mind. That's the one I'm talking about. Decide to walk with me. <laughs> yeah. Around that song I always the lake bleed. tonight. 
I always bleed that into Santa Monica by Everclear. I guess, well, that it, it upsets me because the toadies are so great and you're lumping I them love with Everclear. The, I'm not shitting on either band. I love so both you were songs. calling the wrong toadies song Backwater. <laughs> yeah. And you were actually talking about not I Come From the Water, but Possum Kingdom. Yes. And most people know that song as my as Sweet Angel. Yeah. Like the one night I worked karaoke at this bar in New York, this guy kept requesting Sweet Angel. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he meant Possum Kingdom, which that, is, should not be the name of the song. That it's song, a, it's it's, a song about vampires. It'd be a good song for Joe's Scary Stuff. It is a vampire Because I was going to say, it's a song about like a murder. He's like murdering a body or dumping the he's body. He's a vampire. It's a very cool song. Very cool song. Uh, and a great band. And I've also recently started listening to a lot of the Meat Puppets. But Backwater was their big hit, but it was a big hit because Cobain started referencing them all the time my dear friend dan weinstein and i will often play a game called uh well never really had a name but we basically it's basically aerosmith mega mix and it's that you can every aerosmith ballad is interchangeable with the with another aerosmith ballad and you can just do a mega mix of all of them so we would go we would go (laughs) i prefer other outside of sweet emotion and dream on i prefer at least in the later years of Aerosmith, I prefer the ballads to the to the rock songs. We would go, we would go. Jaded, I love that song. Yeah, we would go. I'm crying because I left you. You're amazing, angel, baby. <laughs> yeah, they can they can segue into one another pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jaded is it's definitely the last great Aerosmith song, but it's a really really strong melody for people that late in their career. What it's Jaded is? Which one was that? Not jaded, my, my baby, blue. Now, Pat, you've often said... I've been thinking about you, my, my. That's a great song. You've often said in uh, musical arguments, not just Aerosmith debates, but yeah. musical debates in general, that I Don't Want to Miss a Thing is not only the best Aerosmith song, but the greatest song ever <laughs> recorded. You've said that many times. I've never said that, Joe... <laughs> but I do love the song, and I remember uh, the summer I started dating my high school girlfriend. Your sweetheart? My old sweetie piece. She's uh, married with, like, nine children now, but um, she wanted our song, if I remember correctly, to be what it became, I'll Be by Edwin McCain. How's that go? I'll be... Your crying shoulder. Oh, God. I'll be your love suicide. What a shitty song to be your song. Yeah, it's a terrible song by Edward McCain. A huge hit at the time. And the other huge hit, but it had just become a hit, was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing from the Armageddon soundtrack. That song is terrible. You like that song? It's terrible, but they were the two big love songs that summer that we started dating. And she kind of was like, I want it to be this one or this one. And I was like, they're both so bad. And we went with I'll Be, which was good because it didn't get so overplayed. Because obviously that movie was huge that year. And in fact, I used to work at the West Olive 16 Cinema as an usher. And when people were getting out of Armageddon that summer, I would wave to them as they left and say, hurry up, guys. My Armageddon tired. Oh, God. And I tell you, Joe, these people laughed like you wouldn't believe. I don't believe you. My Armageddon tired. I don't believe you. Anyway, um, had a had a, had a lovely relationship with that young woman, and our song became I'll Be. 
Joe, you're, did you have you ever been with anyone long enough to have a song? Uh, no, oh. but uh, I did. Uh, I did uh, once request that uh, uh, a, a girl I was dating that our song be on "Bended Knee" by Boys to Men. Oh God, give me your reason. <laughs> and she said no. And then I said, "Well, how about Motown Philly?" And she said yes. Motown Philly, back uh, again. No, I never had a song with anybody. I've never dated anybody more than I don't know, maybe six, seven weeks. Uh, how do you how do you do it? No, nah, no, I went nine months with somebody once, but we didn't have a song. Uh, we had more of a <clears throat> a daily fight. <laughs> uh, no, we 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 didn't. Uh, I remember she loved that uh, that uh, song by uh, Oh God. Now I'm gonna blank. I can't remember some shit fucking song. She always liked. I was always like, I don't like that song, and she'd get upset with me and. I'd go listen to Bad Religion, slam the door, just want to be This alone. was your last girlfriend, right? No, not my last. I'm kidding. I wouldn't slam the door or go listen to Bad Religion. What was the song? Oh, Silver Sun Pickups. That's the song she loved. Silver Sun. That band, Silver Sun Pickups. Yeah. Oh, you mean that the one that was like a Smashing Pumpkins ripoff? That yeah. Song? That, was a, that was a catchy it song. It kind of sounded like, yeah, that 1979. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't remember what the chorus was. I just remember the verse was like, ding, ding. The chorus was the chorus was the was the most questionable part. The chorus just went, "Come, come, come, come all over the room." No, it did. Shoot your cum on the lamp Joe, in the walls. That and can't I was like, be right. Why is this? Why are these the lyrics, folks, <laughs> to this Silver Sun pickup song? It's a wild, wild bit. Uh, anyway, uh, Pat, it's good to see you. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing fine. Uh, it's the holiday season, of course, you probably noticed that since it's uh, 87 degrees outside and sunny. <laughs> so uh, why wouldn't it be the holiday season? It's a real shit. L.A. during the holidays, real shit time. There's I find nothing. myself going over to the Grove just to get some sort of semblance of like lights and music. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, fucking Grove, the most empty, empty place in perhaps all of Los Angeles. I never go to the Grove. I just go to the Americana. Outside of some of these actresses' heads, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I only go to the Americana. I don't go. The Grove is too far, and it's the same thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, the The Armenian Grove is the uh, the Americana. But you find the gr- empty. You mean emotionally or physically? I find it just to be like a big mall, you know. But like yeah. they they manage to somehow get a little more spirit than other parts of L.A. This big like consumer dump. They make it snow every night. They make it snow. Which I when like. They have the lights and the you know it feels colder when you're there for some reason. Nothing. Look, a mall feels like Christmas time. That's right. A mall always feels like Christmas time. That's right. Uh, which I like, you know, we used to do a mall crawl every 20, December 22nd, me and my buddies through the King of Prussia mall in Pennsylvania. We'd hit every bar in the mall, which you'd be fucking surprised at how many there were. Right. Uh, corn dog on a stick bar, but the it steak was, escape bar. It was the, it was the best. It was, it was Wetzel's pretzels. It bar. was a really, you know, we, we would always say that, you know, the mall at Christmas time is just, it's, there's something that you get you in the spirit. Orange Julius can, bar. You know. All right, Pat. You know, do you ever think I've had enough? Do you ever think I've put up with enough? Do you ever think maybe it's time to give Joe a break? Let him fucking have a breath for once? Does that ever occur to you? 
No. Uh, So let's head over to Pat's Movie Corner. I need to get some ice. So you start it off. Go for it. Um, Folks, I watched an old sitcom that I had bought years ago and just started tearing through it. And I watched uh, seasons one and two. I had a real nice time. I like watching a sitcom from the beginning. You can watch it evolve and grow and the characters shape and et cetera. Um, and the show was called Norm. The, at first, the Norm show, and then it became Norm in season two. Norm McDonald's short-lived sitcom. And I watched it when I was in high school. I hadn't seen it since. My dear friend Ian Gomez, who was on my show, is in it. The great Lori Metcalf, justly discussed in the possible Best Supporting Actress race this year for Lady Bird, is also in it. And... Max Wright, the dad from ALF, who was caught in a uh, meth den with male prostitutes near the end of his career, um, and uh, rear-ended a cop car while drunk on champagne. This was the dad on ALF. Anyway, he's in it as the boss. And I got to tell you, folks, especially in season two, this is a very funny show that was like playing by the rules of a sitcom, basically, but then they would... You could tell they were like, we'll play the game over here, but then we're going to slip in some of the weirdest, darkest jokes you've ever seen on network television. And I thought that the show was extremely funny in spots and that Norm should obviously do more sitcoms. He's a delight. He can make anything funny. Uh, I urge you to check it out. It's also cheap on Amazon. I, I reference news radio. It's nowhere near that good. How much is the uh, Norm set on Amazon? The whole set's about 30 bucks. Wow. Um, And for what, two seasons? Three. Three? All right. Well, 10 bucks a season. That's not bad. The second season's great. And they get good guests like Jack Warden, who was in Dirty Work and all, you know, like a lot of funny people. If I'm not mistaken, and from Norm MacDonald's lips to my ears, oh, the one time I met him, and he was a delightful man. The uh, that was the final appearance of Richard Pryor uh, That's uh, on anything. He barely speaks. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, all right. I, I gotta. I gotta. You know, I watched it when it was on, but I don't really remember. Yeah. It's it's no classic, folks, and especially the first season. You're going to be like, I don't know if I want to even stick this out. But by two, they're having a lot of fun, and it shows, and I liked it. And they bring in Artie Lang season two. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love Artie. Uh, I have uh, I I've got a couple rewatches for the movie corner this week. Uh, I rewatched a film called Nine Seven Six Evil, uh, which was Robert England's directorial de- debut. I I think it might have been the only thing he directed, and I can't remember. But anyway, um, they released a special edition Blu-ray of it. Uh, I got it on Amazon for like twelve bucks or something, and it's it's uh. It's uh, the original theatrical cut and the also the home video version. I'd only ever seen the home video version, so I, I watched the... Uh, box used to scare me at the video store. It's a creepy box. Now, 976 Evil, it is not... I would not call it a good movie, but it is fun. It's enjoyable. It makes virtually no sense, but the saving grace of the film is... And I'm blanking on his name, but the kid from uh, Heaven Help Us, and he plays Evil Ed in the original Fright Night. He's the star. That kid is fucking incredible. Like it's it's. I want to. Is I it wanna, William Ragsdale? No, it's um, 
Um, I'm gonna. I'm blanking, and I don't feel like Bill Ragsdale. It's not Bill Ragsdale. Uh, anyway, he's just great in it. He's great at playing weird, offbeat characters. Uh, he's really enjoyable. Um, um, also the lady, and again, I'm blanking on a name. The lady from uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf places like Bible thumping mom. She's great. Elizabeth in it. Taylor. No, the the young blonde in Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. Sandy Dennis. Yes. Yes, she plays the Bible thumping mom. Uh, that bald guy from Nickelodeon shows up at one point. Bald guy from Nickelodeon. <laughs> what? Is, what is this? He was like the older bald are you, guy. Are you that was, dementia? That was on like all the sketch shows. I, I never knew the guy's name. I don't know the fucking guy's name. He looks kind of like an older David Cross kind of a vibe. No clue. Anyway, it's a fun movie. It was trans- he on Square One? Yeah, he was like, yeah, one of those fucking things. Robert Picardo? Yes. Yes. Yeah, guys, you, are you aware of how good I am and, I, and how little respect I get? I mean, some, even, I didn't even look that up on my phone. Some call it good. Some would say it's psychotic, Pat. Oh, There's Bobby Picardo? Yeah, like I used the, to read the Leonard Moulton's movie guide all like night when I was a guy. kid. You're like the cable guy. That's literally yeah. the point that you're at. Where Except I don't try to kill anybody. Not on, not not that I've seen. Not that you've seen. That's I wouldn't right. be surprised though if I woke up and you were standing over my bed one night. I wouldn't be shocked. Masturbate. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go through all that trouble, at least give me something. <laughs> Let me get something out of sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a fun flick. If you like it, it's campy old, you know, '80s horror. It's you know, it's funny because when I was watching it, I, and this never dawned on me till this last watch. You know, these movies come out nowadays where it's like. About like I watched this horror movie on um on Netflix and uh, I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember anything wow. anymore. But it's about a horror. It's about an app that like makes your worst fears come to life and then it kills you. Whatever. Yeah, it's okay. But uh, I just was like, oh, you know, this is like what people do now. Like they they find a thing that's popular and they go, well, let's make a horror movie about that. And it's funny when I was watching Nine Seven Six Evil, I was like, oh, this was like. The right. app horror movie for the 80s because the 976 numbers were big. It's a sex line that. No, it's a hor- horror scope oh, wow. line. Um, but it's fun. And there's some good deaths. Uh, it's a great scene where he goes to a per- poker game that these bullies that fuck with him all the time host. And he's killed two of them. And he goes up and he goes, can I enter the game with a pair of hearts? Oh, and like. Pulls out the two hearts. That's a cool scene. Uh, it's fun. It's goofy and fun, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. But uh, I-, I enjoyed it. So there you All go. Right. Uh, I watched a little picture called Adam's Family Values. <laughs> David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz is in it. Um, yeah. I remember seeing it the day before Thanksgiving when I was probably 13 years old Yeah, and loving it. I loved the original. Um, and I just kind of forgot about the franchise and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a minute. It was on, it's on uh, Amazon. I tell you, at least for the first half, this thing's got some of the darkest, best jokes. Uh, it was a fucking amazing comedy. It loses its way in the last half for sure. Joan Cusack takes over it. I love Joan Cusack, but she's trying to marry Fester for his money. Okay. Uh, well, that's that, weird. You never see you never see Cusack in a like an underhanded role. She's she's always playing like a very it's hard to watch. Sweet, she's playing endearing. like a real bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. But um, especially for the first half, I mean, these jokes are so funny, and they're 
you couldn't do it today. They're trying. They're actively trying Wednesday and Pugsley to kill this baby for the entire movie. They're putting uh, knives above its bed. They're trying to decapitate the baby. Well, Christopher Lloyd, who played Fester, yeah, has often said in interviews that the Adam Sandler values was really a, a heightened commentary on the abortion argument. <laughs> Uh, really i don't know if you knew that yeah no i didn't yeah um it's about abortion <laughs> <laughs> lloyd is great in it julie is great in it houston's great in it yes um and i love both both the pictures now the first one had the adam's groove that's what made me think about watching it the mc hammer song because we were singing on the last episode well they do what they do want to do Two they episodes. say what they want to yeah. say yeah so stupid that song and then apparently on the second one michael jackson was suppo- he recorded a song called for called like it's spooky or something <laughs> then he got in all that trouble and they added a joke into the movie where Crumholtz steps into this cabin screams like ah like you think somebody's about to kill him and they look up and it's a poster of Michael Jackson wow and he's playing like a nine-year-old boy yeah and Crumholtz is like 10 years old in the movie the, yeah I'm saying right? he's playing a nine-year-old yeah. boy yeah he's nine yeah. years old so, well, but the way you said it, it sounded like he was 35 oh, no, no, no. portraying a nine-year-old. No. It's like he actually is like nine or 10 or whatever. No, no. There's yeah. all these jokes about murder and the baby dying. At one point, they whip up a, a hair of the pup, like a hangover cure for the baby. The baby's sitting there in sunglasses like he got wasted the night before and he's hung over. Like there's weird jokes, dark jokes. What did he do the night before? The, the assumption is that he's hung over. They're making him. Uh, you know, a hangover mix in the morning. So, you, so the baby went on a bender for that's, some reason? That's the implication. Yeah. Why? Why though? It's just a joke, Joe. You, you wouldn't like this movie if you're going to ask that question. <laughs> I just don't get what the, the... I don't get the bit, but... But now right. at the end, since they didn't have the Michael Jackson song, here's what here's what happens the second the credits roll. It's like very classy, well-done movie. Credits go like this. Whoop! Adam's family! There it is! Whoop. Oh, boy. Adam's family. There it is. I couldn't believe my ears. And is it whoop? It's the whoop. There it is, guys. I, I assume it was tagged. Speaking of which, yeah. we reviewed Justice Week a little while or Justice League a little while back. Yeah. And you said Justice we, Week, a better name. Sorry. Part. About a week ago, two weeks, whatever it was. It was a week. It was fine. Uh, you we talked about Booyah. Yes. Cyborg. Right. And you said. You made the joke. He should have said, whoop, there it is. Yeah. I talked to a friend of mine who also is black. Okay. And I said, I th- thought it was weirdly racially uncomfortable that they had Cyborg say, booyah. And he yeah. said, no, he says that in the comics. That's like his catchphrase. So I was like, all right, well, I'm glad they just didn't throw that in. So yeah. that's still weird. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But my point is, is apparently it was right. a thing. I love Adam's Family Values, and the best part is I remembered it very vividly from my childhood. They're supposed to be doing the the Thanksgiving play for all the parents of, like, you know, the first Thanksgiving, and Wednesday and Crumholtz and Pugsley all uh, flip it on them, and they're like, we're the Indians, and then it's like, you thought you could take our land, bitch? And they mm-hmm. burn this place to the ground, and the Indians win, <laughs> and they're like... They go through this whole thing of like uh, our ancestors are forced to work in casinos and drink too much alcohol while your ancestors uh, sit and get rich and play golf. It was like very, very wow. pointed shit. They go, I imagine like Native Americans cheering this because it was like really great. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. Then they start shooting flaming arrows at the camp counselors who are Christine Baranski and um, 
Peter McNichol from Ghostbusters 2. I love Peter McNichol. Christine Baranski is she from was like in Sybil. She's in, in Bowfinger, right? That's right. Yeah, yes, I love her in Bowfinger. I do too. They are turning those two over a flaming spit. These two are playing camp counselors? Camp They're counselors. They're 40 years old at the time this film came out. <laughs> That's right. They were a little <laughs> younger, but yeah. They are, when the scene ends, they are roasting them on a, on a spit that they are tied to with flames licking their body and they're screaming while bound and gagged. The kids are turning them on a spit. And then Wednesday walks over to the little blonde girl who was playing like the 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 head pilgrim, now tied to a stake with rags all around her, soaked in kerosene. And Wednesday strikes a match as the scene ends, presumably killing Jesus Christ, her friend. And I I loved it. I loved it. All right. I was very dark impressed sequel. by how dark it was. Dark sequel. That's like Babe Two. Pig in the City is very dark. It's insane. very dark. Yeah, there's that whole plot line with Mickey Rooney being the magician that like has enslaved animals and like it's 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 dark stuff. Yeah, I got a, I got a joke like that in my show of uh, Tony Rock's talking about how he likes church girls and he's like they're not so churchy at home. And then Jay goes, uh, "Oh, I got you." Babe in the streets, babe two pig in the city in the sheets. <laughs> and I put Did it in. Did people at, get it? I put it in at the table read because you get like five chances to like see a script performed. Right. And at the table read, I was like, nobody's going to laugh at this. Right. And it kind of got this like weird rolling laugh where people like kept laughing for like right. the next minute. So I kept it in, but I was like, I, gu- I guaranteed the room of writers. I was like, this will never be on the show. It's too stupid. It's too right. strange. And then sure enough, went up on the night of the show, got a big laugh. And then we gave Tony, the, the black guy there, he goes, what about me makes you think that I, I would understand that reference? And then another <laughs> huge laugh. And I was like, this joke is going to stay in the fucking show. That's very funny. Babe, two pig. In I the can't city. believe that many people got that reference. I, I, I guess Babe I was I very mean, babe won an Oscar, I think, or was nominated. People know so. Babe, yeah. yeah. But if you just say Babe in the sheet, no one, no one's going to the pig movie. Sure, Plus, yeah. Plus, Babe 2, Pig in the City was a notorious flop. Yes. Lost millions and millions Shouldn't of dollars. Shouldn't have been. It's not a bad film. I hate it. I saw it in the theater. And Why'd I you hate it. it? Too dark? Yeah, I just... I wasn't willing to go on that journey with Babe. I didn't well, love Babe that much to go uh, down listen, that journey. I never saw Babe 1. I've only seen Babe 2. Well, Babe One's a delightful movie. It's uh, it's it's a little too childish for me, I think. Okay, but I don't know. Babe Two was childish too. It was dark for yeah. It was it was wasn't up. it wasn't returned to Oz dark? No, but, you know, no. Um, all right. Uh, I have one more for Pat's movie corner. Uh, I saw uh, again. It's a rewatch, but we've never talked about it on the uh, podcast. But I watched. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to do another rewatch. I'm going to do a new thing that I did see. Trailer Park Boys. Finally started watching the Trailer Park never Boys. Never seen it. I'm embarrassed to say I'd never really seen it either. I've heard forever from a ton of people about how funny it is, how great it is. I'd never really watched it. Finally, like, sat down and started watching the new season. Hilarious. It's great. The new season is funny. It's like season 18 it's or like something? Se- literally season 11, I think. Okay. Uh, it's really funny. They're really funny. I want to go back now and experience the entire show. I'm excited right, I'm to have it. discovered a new thing that I can now trudge through and uh, and get to see from front to back. So that that's going to be fun, man. Um, 
And, uh, you know, all I'll say is this. Uh, uh, Bubbles, who is the guy with the big, thick glasses, who's like sort of, mm-hmm. I feel like the poster boy for Trailer Park Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did an in-character interview on Kimmel to promote the new show. And Kimmel says, at, one, at the end of the interview, he says, you've had a lot of celebrities in this newest season. That must be very exciting. And Bubbles puts his finger straight up into the air like this, his index finger straight up the air, and he goes, oh, yeah, I was excited. My bird was doing that. <laughs> Which destroyed me. I was like, that's so fucking funny. Okay. And he just kept sticking his finger up in the air going, my bird was doing that. It was doing that, my bird. And I was like, that's really fucking funny and stupid and immature, and I love it. So they just, like, sit around, or are there stories to the show? Well, this season, I'm assuming they've done this before. Again, I've never watched it. But this season, it's it's like sort of like a road rules kind of thing, where it's like they're in America... It's called Out of the Park, and they're in America, um, and they have to do like, like they, these tasks. Like they travel around, and they have to do tasks, and then they incorporate clearly like real people into the stuff a little bit. It's scripted and everything, but like they will go into a bar, and you can tell like they're actually talking to a waitress or a waiter or whatever, and that person's actually reacting. Um, you know, so it's got a little bit of a Boratish feel, but. It's just a funny show, man. It's it's a, they're, they're endearing characters. The one guy is very, um, I think, I, I mean, I, I would only assume was an influence for Danny McBride with Eastbound and Down. Because the, the one guy, like, it is Kenny Powers, like, okay. in my opinion. Uh, like, it's like, you know, he wears the gold chain outside of the T-shirt, the fucking, like, ridiculous wine shirt, crazy pointed sideburns, goatee. Loves weed, like right. so. I think it was probably like a little bit of an inspiration for uh, Danny McBride, uh, which is cool. I love Danny McBride. Um, this is a Canadian program, yes. Okay, but I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was really funny, and I look forward to seeing. They're very irreverent, which I like. You know, the, these three dudes as a crew. They have a new show called like the the drunk and drugged up party hour or something, where it's like a sketch show. And it's like, I watched a thing about that, and they were like, you guys have done, like, it's them playing black people, it's them playing Chinese people, it's them doing drug humor, it's them doing sex humor, it's them cursing, it's them doing, it's like, I I, kind of like that they're like, kind of irreverent, and they seem like nice dudes, and they're just like, yeah, we just kind of do whatever we think is funny. Reminds me of It's Always Sunny, quite frankly. It's that kind of How thing. How are they playing people of other races? With makeup. And and they've gotten no flack. Well, they live in Canada. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they have. That that's the kind of the point. Look, it's always sunny to get any flack when they were dressed up as Danny Glover doing the uh uh because I think if there's there is some weird thing that you can do where if you do it right and it's funny enough, yeah. people or like ah, they're they're joking. They don't they 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 don't mean any harm. Big old risk. It is. Well, I mean that's it's always sunny to that whole episode where they turn black for the whole episode. Yeah, that's true. So look, whether Although you although I myself know a black lady who 
Really, really did not care for that episode. Well, sure, but I mean, here's my point: whether you whether you agree with that or not, or whether you approve of that or not, yeah. Uh, and I mean that for any any somebody playing a Chinese guy, whatever the hell it is. Um, well, I, I appreciate. And now's the time, elephant in the room, to to tell everyone I was just cast as Mulan <laughs> in Disney's live action. And also, you were you you helped fund the trouble with a poo. I did. I did. Yes. Uh, look, obviously, and I can tell you this by the amount of people I know that don't agree with blackface, but are also furiously annoyed at the trouble with a poo documentary. OK, uh, there are clearly right ways and wrong ways to do things. Uh, and there are right ways and wrong ways to do humor. And I think humor always comes down to is it funny or is it not? People are mad now about the Simpsons portrayal of a poo. No, they're, they're mad, mad about, about the documentary. The documentary. Sure, yeah. Like this is I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yet. This is the argument now. Yeah. Like you know, so it's um, look again. Like I'm not taking anybody's side. I'm Wait saying a minute. I did see that documentary. You did. I know. You told me about it, Pat. Yeah. All right. My point is this. It was so short. I felt like I hadn't seen the whole movie, but I did. It was. It's like 40 minutes long. I'm just saying, whether you agree with the joke or not, I agree. I like when humorists are taking risks. I appreciate that. Because you could say about a million and one people that have sure. done things that weren't racial, but perhaps of sexual, a comedic sexual uh, uh, nature or a comedic uh, drug nature or, or drink or whatever the hell it is. Like it's there are people that get offended and the people that don't. And I like when people are taking some risks out there. And my favorite comics take some really crazy fucking risks. Yeah. There's so, always going to uh, be a lot less of that going forward. Yeah, so I don't know. That's that's just how I feel. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but anyway, we should. We're 37 minutes in. We should get to the matter at hand. Okay. Uh, and that matter is uh, Friday Family the Family matters. I, folks. Somebody's at the door. Talk, talk through this, Pat, because I think Vince. Right. Our friend Vince just showed up. Let I gotta in. let him in, but just keep talking, Pat. I have uh, a Friday the Thirteenth Blu-ray set that I bought for like forty bucks on the Warner Brothers lot, and it's all the movies, including Freddy vs. Jason. Dogs barking. Hey, Vince. Now I never opened this thing, but when we reviewed Freddy vs. Jason on the show, I opened it. And Joe, me opening that box set cost me about $1,000 because I just found out that the set is out of print and going for an outrageous amount of money. Pat, I opened is, it to watch Freddy versus Jason for this podcast. This is my problem with you. It's your greed. When is it ever enough? Joe, when I, is the money ever enough? If Why I could have sold this thing need? to get $950, I would have fucking done Why it. Why do you feel and the who need? Wouldn't? Why do you feel the need? Who would And I'll tell you, folks, for you, those of you at home that don't know this about pat and i'll tell you this about pat i don't care i'll, I'll put it out there he says things like i'm gonna gouge these poor fucks that's he says stuff like that he goes fuck them if they knew anything they wouldn't be poor he says things like that, this stop it. and then he <laughs> who are the poor fucks I'm, I'm claiming to be gouging i don't know it's just funny um 
No, but I opened it and I put it up online. I'm selling my used copy of it now for like $400. $400? And that's used. I could have bought this goddamn thing for like 80 bucks. You should have bought it. I didn't know. It, it went out of print and I hit a real sweet spot with it. But I was like, maybe I'll try to watch all the Friday the 13th before I sell it. And I watched the first one and I said, oh, no, here's why I've never seen any of the other ones. From the jump... This is a shit franchise. It's a shitty movie. It's a shit. And I'm glad you feel the same. Do you feel that any of them are, are even slightly above average? Uh, I will say uh, absolutely. Friday the 13th 2 is where it kind of kicks in. And All right. It gets well, then I'll fun. watch that tonight. Uh, Friday the 13th 1 is a really boring setup. It's so boring. Uh, what I liked what they did. So for those of you that don't know, the first Friday the 13th. Jason Voorhees, uh, the boy that, that was deformed and bullied, died at Crystal Lake uh, because the camp counselors were being irresponsible. 20 years later, or whatever the hell it is, he's back for revenge. He's killing camp counselors and whatnot. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, you find out it's not Jason Voorhees. It's not a supernatural zombie situation. It's his mother killing camp counselors for revenge, uh, to, you know, to, to bring uh, to event to avenge her son. And then in the last moments, the only really cool part in the movie, which is, well, aside from Kevin Bacon getting killed on the bed, that's a great kill. But aside from that, um, the only other cool part in the movie, in my opinion, is Jason's, you know, zombie body jumping out of the lake at the very end. Yeah, very but cool. But here's the thing. I always remember that as the final scene of the movie, and it is awesome. Yeah. But then there's the fucking, it was all a dream, and she's in the fucking hospital bed after that. Right. Now, they couldn't even get the ending right. They get this great ending. Like right. with The Fury, which we talked about on last week's show, they understood that if two telekinesis-having people square off and one causes the other one to explode using only her mind, that that's the time to wrap up the picture. Let me save you some time. Friday the, the 13th gives us this tacked-on shit prologue and I, does that woman come back even? Why do we need it? Is no. she some beloved plucky uh, well, heroine? She's in the, the she's in the second one. Um, but uh, that's why I, that's one of the things. She's no I, Jamie Lee Curtis. That's one of the things I liked about the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Okay, was that in the cold open they do the they tell the entire story of the first movie, right? And then show like, oh, the That's mom. About what it's what it's owed. Yeah, the mom's dead, but now Jason actually is back. That's a really, really great way to open the movie. Um, but it's, yeah, I agree with you, dude. I can't disagree. Friday the Thirteenth is not a great film. I in fact own uh, the top one hundred horror movies book by Fantastic Press. Now, bragger. There's shit in this book that I absolutely do not agree with. Mainly their number one choice and uh and quite frankly their number 100 choice, but I will say the one thing I do agree with in the book is or one of the things I do agree with in the list is that Friday the 13th is not on it. Nowhere. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would include it in their lists out of obligation. Say, "Oh, you got to include this." Now, and you don't even get the, the mask in this first one. I assume that's introduced in two. Well, he does potato sack in two, which is scarier than the hockey mask. Okay. Because it gives it like an elephant man vibe. Sure. Which makes it more disturbing for some reason. All right. Hockey mask comes in in three. 
Um, I'll try to watch them all. I got a two. Two is good. Three's fine. Four's fine. Five sucks. I love six. Six is a fun like romp. Jason comes back from the dead. He gets struck by lightning. It's it's goofy. It's fun. Okay. It was a five was supposed to be the end. Well, four was supposed to be the end. Then they did five, but it wasn't Jason and five. It was somebody pretending to be Jason. So then when they did six, it was called Jason Lives, and they actually brought Jason back. And there's a scene, you know, it's very self-effacing. There's a scene where the there's a grave digger filling in Jason's empty grave, and he goes, he goes, digging up Jason Voorhees. Who the hell would want to think that was a good idea? You know, like, it's fun. It's very fun. Seven is great as well, uh, which is a direct continuation of six. After that, they get pretty... Aside from some fun kills, I can't really go to bat for the quality. Which one of is Jason of takes Manhattan? That's eight. Okay. Uh, it's got its moments. Sure. Uh, Jason Goes to Hell is, in my opinion, dog shit. Jason X, which is the space one. Not a good movie, but fun. The coolest Jason kill I've ever seen where he puts a woman's head in liquid nitrogen and her head freezes. And then he smashes it on the countertop and her and like a like head slurpy splatters everywhere. That's pretty cool. But I mean, that being said, it's it's not a good movie. It's entertaining. Um, much like nine seven six evil. What so do you think of Jason Bourne. Now, Pat, that's not related. And, oh. I, I, and this is what I don't like when you do this nonsense stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, shit. I mean, uh, the how did this become one of the classic horror franchises when there's not a, not a classic amongst them? Well, I mean, it's look. It was an, it was an early slasher film. It came out the first. I think the first one came eighty. First one's eighty. The goal was to rip off Halloween, explicitly stated in the documentary. Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it's like look. I've never been that impressed with the Saw movies. They're about to release Saw, or they did release Saw. Jigsaw, that's out. 10 or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. It's like, you know, some of these things just catch on and people, whatever Folks, it is about them. At this point, them, the man's really. so old, he's just making Jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> just 90 minutes of a man making a Jigsaw puzzle, folks. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's I don't know. It's for some reason, get look. There was there were there were five Final Destination movies. It's like you know. Yeah. I remember the, the first two being awesome. They were okay. They were fine. They weren't like That's cool shit. Uh, folks, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. You can find me in the club with a body full of bub, Mama. I got what you need. Sure. Uh, as always and my television show living biblically premieres on monday february 26th after the winter olympics at 9 30 p.m check it out joe DeRosa comedy on instagram and twitter penthouse column you let me down check it out uh and we will talk to you soon folks that was a headgum podcast <laughs>